0: My name is Lynette if I've not had the opportunity to personally meet you and uh, shake your hand and give you a hug before but um, this is like how many of you feel like this is is it is it strange to be back it feels kind of odd doesn't it but it feels good it's a good odd but it's odd it's odd because we're normally like all together and so to be kind of spread out like this it's it's odd. It feels, it feels weird. I'm just going to say it. It's weird. But there's something so valuable about coming together and being in a room together with other women that are pressing. And, you know, we're all like we're all at different places in the race, but we're all running the same race. And so it's just good to be together with other women who are pursuing that same goal of running after those things that God has for us and pursuing that hard and putting our hearts on that. So even though it feels weird, let's just get that out of the way. Like it's weird, right? (laughs) It's weird, but we're going to come together because you are here for a purpose. So this is what I want to do before we get into tonight. And I'd want to say this before... Candace comes up. Candace is our women's ministry leader here at the church. And Shelby is here as well. Shelby is part of the women's ministry team. And they are, there's a whole team of women that put the, come on in, come on in, that put the women's ministry together. And I want to say this to you. If you Uh, come to the women's meetings or you sit in church and you think, wow, I would really like to – I think this would be a really cool thing to do or I wonder if they've ever thought about this or something like that, I really encourage you to send an email to the office so that we can get that to the women. If you're a woman that says, I would like to help, I don't know what I can bring to the table, but I'm a woman that would love to be involved and love to help – I know that there is room for you here. We want you to be a part of that. And your voice is important, and so we want you to do that. But Candace has such a passion. I have had the pleasure of knowing Candace since she was a senior in high school. Dude, that's, okay, that's weird. <laughs> she is, now she is, like, we got to uh do the wedding for her and Cody, and I've watched her over the years as God has brought out. She was, I mean, she was just this bright-eyed high school girl with big dreams, and I've just been so honored to watch as God has taken those things that were on the inside of her and brought those out and developed them, and she is so passionate about empowering other women. She is passionate about God's power on the inside of a woman, not overshadowing a man, but knowing, like, as daughters of God, we are so important, we are so valuable, and she is, like, if you want to get her fired up and see her hair on fire, you could talk to her about that, but she is just such a fireball. She, you know, when you get to visit with her, she's very um, collected and very gracious But she has so much tenacity on the inside of her, and there's so much wisdom in her. I love to watch her with her daughters. I love to watch her with her husband, and I love to watch her with her sisters. So you guys are in for a treat to get to hear from her tonight. And when she comes up, what I would really encourage you to do, what I'm asking for us to do collectively as a group of sisters tonight, is for us to hook our wagon to hers and to set our wagon on fire and say, we are here to run on fire with you and just jump on board because that's going to help her because it's weird. But if we're all jumping on board together, then we're burning together, right? So we're just going to do that together. So um, before I turn it over to her, I know that all of us have been I don't know where you've been today, whatever you've been doing, running around, or if you got to take a nap today. I don't know. But let's just take a minute to just bring ourselves together here in this room and to be fully present. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you just to allow yourself to hear you breathe. And I want you just to center in. And I want you to take deep breaths through your nose. And I want you to hear yourself and feel yourself just breathe. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now as you're just breathing, I want to ask you to think of one thing today that was good. And I want you to take a moment. And just practice gratitude and telling God, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the sunrise today. (laughs) Thank you, God, for getting to run into a friend as I came in tonight. Thank you, God, for my amazing coffee this morning. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the word that you shared with me as I read my Bible this morning. Thank you, God, that you ordered my day, that in the chaos, I've made it here tonight. So just taking that moment, still hearing yourself breathe. And now I'm going to ask you if you would just put a hand on your heart. And I want you just to feel that. God, you're so good. God, we can get so busy and we can be filled with so many things that we forget to just be present. And we forget to be in the moment and to recognize and to take in all of the wonder and all of who you are in the moment. And so, God, tonight, we have purpose. We've driven here, and this isn't on the way to anything. So we had to purpose to be here. (laughs) And so, God, we're purposing right now to be present in this moment, in this room. And we trust you with everything that's going on in our lives right now that would try to come in and say, but what about this? And what are you going to do about this tomorrow? And how are you going to handle that? God, take a deep breath and be present. And God, we thank you that as we spend time with our eyes and our face focused to you, That everything else that is going on, we know that you're taking care of it for us as we purpose to be present with you in this moment. And God, we thank you for the breath that you've given to us. God, I thank you for the sisters that you have sitting to my right and to my left that I'm not doing this alone. That no matter where I'm at, I'm not alone. Because you've put amazing women around me to do this with And God, in this moment, being present and being purposeful about being here, I am here to hear, I'm here to listen, and I'm here to let what you want to write on my heart be written with your finger tonight. That I would leave here with a tender heart, being open, to what you're calling me to, to the future that you're calling me to, to the destiny that you've created me for. And tonight I will receive what you want to give to me so that I can run with confidence and with power into where you're taking me into the places that you've called me to have influence and into the places that you've called me to have authority. God, tonight I will be empowered. I will be encouraged and I will be changed because I am loved. And we thank you for what you're getting ready to do. And God, we thank you for Candace. We thank you that you have made her to be a sister that speaks your truth to us. And God, we receive what you want to share with us through her tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm just going to turn it right over to Candace. So if you guys would, would you just let her know that we're excited to hear what she has to share tonight?
1: am I on? Okay. Ah, she like makes me cry every time and then I have to like fix everything. Oh and I just totally threw that off my ear. So bear with me sorry. All right so interactive tonight. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Shelby house dinner? sorry I had to call you out. (laughs) Oh, Gosh, I'm so excited that we get to be together tonight, guys. It's been way too long, and I'm tired of looking at a phone or a screen and seeing everybody. It's just not the same. It's just not what we were designed to do, (laughs) and I very much am over it and ready. So excited that we're all together again. Um, Okay, so if Anybody knows me a little bit, or maybe a lot more, I don't know. I love history. I love learning about history, reading history, watching history, all of the things. Um, and my favorite like, moment in history is actually World War II. I just think that um, like, the American spirit behind World War II, how evil was triumphed over in world war ii um just a lot of things like just that time period and the the men and women that lived at that time were just amazing but i do not know much about world war one and i actually had to do some digging to learn about world war one because it really bugged me that i didn't know about world war (laughs) one you guys are good (laughs) you see me and now you don't um and i always just struggled like what is this world war one why did we have to have world war one and digging into it like does anybody kind of know what world war one is about anybody that's like a world war one scholar okay well basically it was like a 40 square mile piece of land that everybody in the world was fighting over and a lot of people didn't even know why they were fighting over it and it was a lot of people died like i'm talking A huge amount of people died. But in 1914, on Christmas Eve, um, in a field, I believe, in France, there were Germans on one end of the field. I think you know what I'm talking about. And there were British soldiers on the other end. And in the middle of the night, the British soldiers could hear the german soldiers like laughing and singing singing christmas carols um just having a jolly old time and then they heard hey tommy which tommy is slang word for like a british soldier back then hey tommy like we won't shoot you let's meet together let's let's talk you know let's let's share this night together and it took a while for the british soldiers to actually like hear them and think trust them yes trust them that they weren't gonna walk out into the middle of field and get mowed over um and they slowly crept out of their foxholes and made their way into what they call no man's land so that's if you're in the middle of that land you're usually dead or dead man's land I don't know if they call it that or not but um and then the German soldiers made their way and the Germans were joking and laughing and the British soldiers were joking and laughing and they were talking and they were communing together. Legend says that they played soccer together. Um, they shared cigarettes together. They um, you know, sang Christmas carols and they talked to each other. And this war that they'd been waging for Months and maybe even years at that time one of the it 's the bloodiest war. if you look at the the counts of people that died, it was the bloodiest moment in history um, for World War one and I think it, it, they were, people were expendable pretty much to the each side, um, but these men who had been fighting and they 'd seen the worst the worst of humankind on the fields or um, being at war with these other with these Germans. They had seen the, the, the bloodshed, the absolute non-value for human life for so long, for them to come and meet on common ground in the middle of a field where there was probably lots of, you know, who knows, was, was there mud? It was middle of winter, so I'm thinking a lot of snow. It was cold. But they met together, and I'm thinking that they probably made a fire, and they talked, and they shared what little food maybe that they had. But they looked at each other as humans. They saw each other as men as brothers as fathers as sons as um as as humans and for that moment of time during one of the bloodiest moments in this world history they came together in peace and they came together in brotherhood and they came together as humans so where i'm going tonight as you can see i totally started off a women's ministry night with like war and blood and guts and all the things, but I love, it's like my favorite topic if you get me started on any of that stuff, like I love military history and I love, I love what, what good, there's so much evil in it, but I love what, um, when good triumphs over evil and that was a moment in time that, man, both sides laid down their weapons and came together for for one purpose and it was such a beautiful time so um with that for them to see human as humans or to see each other as men before that for them to go to war with each other to kill each other to um you know commit whatever atrocities they had to to win they had to view each other as non-humans they had to dehumanize each other and um, the definition of dehumanization is to deprive someone or something of human qualities, personality, or dignity, such as to subject someone as, um, like, prisoners. It's actually a form of um, torture to make someone feel non-human, um, It's to to conditions or treatment that are inhuman or degrading, to address or portray someone in a way that obscures or demeans that person's humanity or individuality, to remove or reduce human involvement or interaction in something such as a process or a place. Um, So if we think of some of the most heinous atrocities that have taken place in history, um, those were all part of dehumanization. So I think of like the Nazis to Jews or to anybody that was not exactly like them. Um, what took place between um, settlers and the Native Americans. They were viewed as non-human, you know, animals or uh, what do they call, like a person that doesn't, uncivilized, you know, savages. Yes, the word I was looking for, thank you. Um, If you guys have ever heard of the war in Rwanda, the Tutsis were a tribe that were, um, I think one million people died in a day. They were killed off basically by a tribe that was a big part of their own own family they were killed just because they maybe lived a little bit different or looked a little bit different um i think back to jesus's times the samaritans were viewed as not not like the jews they were dehumanized um women a lot of times were dehumanized back in that time and then we come into african-american history so definitely slavery was all dehumanization. That's how people could own somebody else. Like they didn't view them as humans. Um, and then modern day, a fetus versus a human in abortion and you're in a womb, the same thing. It's very easy to kill off something that isn't human. That's why hunting is something that people don't have a huge issue with when they can view it as an animal and it's useful for something. My personal examples about how I've dehumanized others. Like, let's get real here. I think if you've never dehumanized anyone, like, then man, bravo to you, but I guarantee you've probably had an instance or a thought. I know for me, um, there's been times where I've looked at a certain political party as not the same as me, not human. They, they have different attributes than I do. So they're not like me. Um, just the same as like, there's people, you know, that take advantage of a system. Well, man, like, look at them. They're, they're this way. They're not like me. So to have that separation between me and them makes, um, is a form of dehumanization. Just to be real. Like, I know that that's like, ah, oh, like, I didn't think that that was, but I really, really truly believe it is. Um, have you found yourself easily offended with all that's going on in the world? Like, I'll be real honest. (laughs) Real offended, real easy, and it's an easy leap to go from offense to dehumanization. It's a very slim line for us to look at what's going on, look at rioting, look at what, you know, all that's taking place and to say, well, they're doing that because they're different than me. Um, And there's always two sides to the same coin on this issue. So there's the dehumanization that deprives a person of human attributes, and then there's also the dehumanization that that idolizes somebody, that makes them more than human maybe, or maybe it's not exactly dehumanization, but it makes, them, makes it different than you. Um, we do it with celebrities. We do it with maybe um, social media influencers, uh, government leaders. We do it with pastors or priests or anybody that's in a level of leadership that maybe we just don't exactly connect with. We look at them like they have it all together. They can do no wrong. They shouldn't ever mess up when they are deeply flawed, just like you and I. So that's something that um, I have to, I have to put in perspective for myself. Like this is stuff that I am dealing with, friends. Social media may be the largest driving factor in dehumanization. It's real, real easy for us to be bold and courageous and warriors behind a screen. It's real easy. It's real easy for us to spout off, well, You're this kind of person, and so I'm just going to block, delete, you know, um, retweet, whatever, how awful you are, how I don't, you know, I don't appreciate you or anything like that. I've done it. I am so guilty of it. It's not even funny. And, but I think, like, this is what I was talking about. This is what we are designed to do. We are designed to see people eye to eye, to go and make our voice heard, and to show up, and to listen and to talk to people that's how god designed us to be he didn't design us to sit behind a screen and go off so when we separate from ourselves and we either dehumanize or we idolize each other i'm just going to say it one more time we have to remember that we're all deeply flawed either way you go on the spectrum of that dehumanization so i'm going to ask you guys a question i'd love to have feedback because it's like a it's like a quiz right now what is the opposite of dehumanization if anybody wants to sh- like raise your hand yes De- uh, the opposite of dehumanization is idolization close close anybody else i get what you're saying though but yeah anybody else come on girls yeah i know you can't answer sorry i feel like i'm slouching i need to sit up taller um anybody okay all right what's that yeah Mm mm-hmm yep so listen to this definition and let's see what if you can guess the term that it's defining when an individual sees recognizes understands or appreciates the value of a person causing the viewer to behold this person in great esteem, awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. So it goes along with what you're seeing, and it goes along with even idolization. Yes, exactly. Um, The definition of what that's defining is agape. And if you've ever heard agape is a, um, I guess it's a form of love, or it's a like, I really think of it as the ultimate definition of love, and all the other stuff is, like, there's different in the um, Greek. <laughs> yeah. In the Greek, there is four different kinds of love. There's the eros, which is, like, you know, husband, wife kind of stuff. And then there. Sorry, we have kids. I don't know if they can hear me or not. And then there's philo or philo, which is, like, brotherly love or sisterhood love. There is... Yeah, there's one more. You don't know it either. Okay. Well, there's one more. I'll, I'll message y'all later. Um, and there's one more. And then there's agape love. And agape love is the only one that you love even when it may not be reciprocated. You may not get anything back with agape love. It's transforming love and it's miraculous love. And the best definition of it all is it's God's love. It's completely unconditional. He will love you if even if you don't love him back, he will chase you down. He will fight for you. He will run after you your entire life. Even if on your de- your deathbed, you still say that you don't love him back, he still loves you. Um, that is agape love. And that is, and when I read the definitions of dehumanization, and then I read the definition of agape love, it's the exact opposite. It's everything opposite. He He sees, the individual is seen, the individual is recognized and understood, appreciated, valued. Um, They hold you with great esteem, awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. Like, you can't get more opposite of dehumanization than that. Um, And another thing is, God allows his children, those who are following after him, to love this way it's real hard if you're not if you don't know the love of god to actually know what agape love is because he's the one that created it it's it comes from him and it's really actually it's impossible to um hold on to a fence when you are walking in agape so it's it's impossible um we all know that men and women were created in the image of God. Genesis, I think, like, one or something said that. This, is, this book does not have Genesis in it. I needed to bring my bigger Bible. This one just has a few of them the Passion Translation. But it says that we're, men and women were created in the image of God. Um, who hates God and who hates his creation? The enemy, right? Everybody can agree on that. Satan hates God and he hates his creation, and he from the moment that adam and eve were created and were placed in the garden his whole agenda became let's obliterate them let's make them believe that they're not created in his image that's why we have you know darwinism or any kind of evolution theory is to dehumanize people or to um take creation off of a person and um the flesh our flesh so we're a three-part being we're flesh spirit and soul the flesh is always in opposition to um god what god says about us what he that he we're created in his image and the flesh loves to dehumanize others that's the part where it's and it's very it's it's easy folks like i don't know if it is for you but it's easy for me to do it there are certain people that were government leaders it real easy for me to be like I uh, no, she ain't no child of God she ain't created I'm not saying names but I think everybody knows where I'm going um <laughs> real easy um but anyways it's real easy but I don't want to work in the flesh I don't want the works of the flesh I'm gonna read them to you and I know y'all know i probably the man they're nasty and I don't want to work in that. So Galatians 5:19 says the cravings. This is the Passion Translation, so it might read different than if you have New King James. Um, it says the cravings of the self-life or the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, Resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, and being in love with your own opinions. (laughs) Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? And just so y'all know, sin is sin in God's eyes. It don't matter if. A secret sin that you get to do at home without anybody else knowing about it, or you're blatantly sinning in front of public. It's all sin in front of God, and his heart breaks for it. He doesn't like it. He hates it, and it's not that he is like, girl, you're done. I'm done with you. It's that he can't have intimacy with you. He can't speak to you. He can't let you know his deepest thoughts with you because he can't trust you honestly like um so i don't know about you but i want to be trusted by god and i want to i want him to give me tasks to change around what's going on in this world like i want to be trusted with that kind of work um so what about the fruit of the holy spirit this is this is what i want and even though it's hard and even though it like, look, you read these and you're like, good Lord, those look impossible. How does that happen? And it says, so this is Galatians 5:22, but the fruit produced, sorry, I'm like not waiting for anybody to get it. If you have a Bible, I'm really sorry. I'm like zooming through these. Um, so, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love, agape love. In all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues. I can use some of that right now. Patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never let the law above these qualities. No, never set the law above these qualities. For they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self-life or our flesh was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. So it was nailed to the cross. That flesh is nailed to the cross, but sometimes it likes to, um, sometimes we revert a little bit back to that and it's still there, (laughs) but it is dead and we have the authority to keep it there. But sometimes we let our thoughts go back to that. Anyways, um, for we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So we have to, it takes action. So, many, so may we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us this is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Um, I read that and I'm like, yeah, 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 that all sounds good. All right, so how do I do it? And God says that he's given us the power to do it. He's set his Holy Spirit inside of each one of his believers who love him, who follow after him. And the Holy Spirit, the more that we are surrendered, like fully surrendered, I've, like, I always like preach this, but there's no 99% surrender. It's either fully surrendered or you're holding something back from God. And he can't, he can't let his Holy Spirit work fully through that. Um and the thing is is that Satan wants to divide us. He wants to to group us by people groups, by race, by religion, by um country or state or conservative or liberal or whatever way you want to see how he's dividing this country. That is his agenda, that is his spirit that is called a party spirit and that is what is that is divide. And you can see it it is playing out for all to see right now. But God doesn't see us as groups. He doesn't see us as races. He doesn't see us as political parties or anything like that. He sees each individual, every single person. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your heart. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He knows everything about you, girlfriend. Nothing is hidden from him, even though you may think that you're hiding stuff from him. He knows all of you, and he still loves you, and he still chases after you, and he still wants you, and he still wants to use you, even though, and I like to say this, he doesn't need you. He could have plopped Jesus on this earth, fully human, go go for it, boy, but he chose a woman to bring the Messiah into this world, and so he values women. You are very highly valued. God could have done it without us, but he didn't choose to. Sorry, that's like, that's what Lynette's talking about when I, (laughs) but he sees you, you are an original, and he created you to be that way. Every single person on this planet, every person, even the, the ones that we like think are too far gone, are created in the image of God and they are a facet of him. And he is a multifaceted God. If you've ever read in the Bible where the angels are circling the throne of God, and for eternity they've been saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, like they are surprised every single time, and they're exuberant with their hallelujahs because they see a new facet of God. And we are created in that image, and so we're all a multifaceted part of who God is. Um, And... The thing is, is he empowers us to see others this way. When we tap into Holy Spirit and walk in agape, we can see others this way too. And I, I actually titled this message, um, Love Sees Humanity. And God saw humanity. When he looked down on this earth, we were all, well, it, it was before we were born, of course, but he saw that humanity was completely ensnared by Satan. And he sent Jesus, he sent God who is love, sent love to become human, to save humanity. Um, And the thing is, with that, God works through the individual. If you look at biblical history, he works through the individual. He doesn't work through these huge group movements and huge, um, you know, a narrative or activist thing. He works through people who are willing and open and surrendered and wanting to obey him and to love him and to love others. He, you know, if we look at biblical history, he had Moses, that was one person. He had David, one person. He had Esther, one person that saved an entire nation. Um, Ruth that brought forth down the line, Jesus came from that. Mary, um, Jesus, individual, uh, Peter, all of the disciples, those were individuals. It was, yes, they worked together to bring about stuff, but man, if one person didn't show up, it would have fell apart. So not one person with all of that, God sees the individuals. And I think I already kind of said this, but not one person is so far gone to be out of the reach of Jesus' redeeming love and sacrifice. And uh, Lynette told me this today, and I've heard her say it before, is we're only able to love so far as the level we are at just what was it again? We can't, we can't love past our line of disgust. So for me, that's like, ugh, like, okay, man, like, I want to be used by God— But man, I don't know if I want to go and preach to those people. And God's like, well, shoot, that's who I was going to have you go preach to, so I guess I can't use you. (laughs) Because, again, he is not concerned with our comfort, but being conformed, transformed, um, made into be like Jesus. And Jesus didn't say no to anybody. He didn't turn away from any people group. He actually went to the people who were the lowest of lows in society are you guys have has anybody seen the chosen series anybody watch that okay my little girl odessa is obsessed with it and so she watches the same video almost like every single day i let i don't know that that series is super amazing so i highly recommend looking you can just get the app and watch it you don't have to have netflix or anything it's really cool but it's just really cool to see like jesus Constantly was eating with the tax collectors, eating with the people in the red district, eating with um, the swearing fishermen. <laughs> like I love, I love seeing Jesus walk in that role because that's who he was. And um, but then he's also meeting with Pharisees and the people that you know were idolized in culture. Um, so that's who Jesus was. Nobody was not good enough for him. Um, so with all of that, so what does, what does Jesus say about loving others? I'm gonna go there, and it's in Mark twelve twenty nine. 29. I got my sticky notes. Mark 12, 29. I don't know why I don't have it marked, sorry. So this was when now a certain religious scholar which in my opinion, this is Nicodemus. I don't know if anybody else has an opinion, but I think it's Nicodemus. He, so now a certain religious scholar overheard them debating. And this is when, um, sorry, I need to back up. Oh, they were talking about with the Sadducees about the issue of like marriage in heaven and stuff like that. But they heard them debating. And when he saw how beautifully Jesus answered all their questions, he posed one of his own and asked him, teacher, which commandment is the greatest of all? Jesus answered him, the most important of all the commandments is this. The Lord, your, the Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. You are to, to love the Lord Yahweh, with your God, goodness, sorry guys. To love the Lord your, Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater commandment than these. The religious scholar replied, yes, that's true, teacher. You spoke beautifully when you said that God is one and there is no one besides him. And there is something more important to God than all the sacrifices and burnt offerings. It's the commandment to constantly love God with every passion of your heart, with, every, with your every thought and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor in the same way as you love yourself. When Jesus noticed thoughtfully and sincerely, the man answered, he said to him, you're not far from the reality of God's kingdom realm. After that, no one dared to question him again. I like that part. I just had to read all of that. I was only going to read the part of when Jesus was talking. But then at the end there, Jesus said to the man, you're not far from the reality of God's kingdom realm. So God's kingdom is brought to earth by you and I when we are able to love the way that God loves. We can bring his kingdom down here. And guess what, folks? His kingdom, his government is way more powerful than what's going on here on earth. And when we can tap into that, we can see God show up in the midst of the nasty and now of what we're going through. Um. So with all of this, this is not excusing evil. This is not saying, oh, I'm just gonna love everybody and it's all gonna be just amazing and great. And if we just love each other and don't, you know, don't hate on anybody or anything like that. Everything is just going to work out. No, that is not what I'm saying. But this is realizing that God didn't call me to judge another's heart. He called me to love them. And He, taught, he told us, and He called us to go out and to love them. And sometimes love is hard. Sometimes love is bringing a word of truth to somebody. Maybe it doesn't look like Oh hey, I love everything about you. I'm gonna accept everything about you. I'm tolerant. All of this thing. It's sometimes it's loving in in truth, and that is hard. But when we say it in love and we we walk in that agape, a lot more times it's received well. Um, and people actually, because agape love, remember, people is miraculous, transforming, and it's God's love. So when we can walk into that, and it's it that's His domain and he gets to work in there. But when we choose to walk in the flesh, there's no room for God to work in there, and it takes a lot of work for us to like not get arrested, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's be the church. Let's listen. Let's not hold on to offense and grow up And sit down with people that look different than us, that think different than us, that have different ideologies than us, and maybe let's listen to their side. Even though, man, it may go against everything in our fiber of our flesh to listen to them and hear them out. But sometimes, just like those soldiers that met on dead man's land, no man's land in the middle of that field in France in 1914, we can actually... See the humanity in somebody else we can see that they are a creation of god created in his image and we can actually maybe come together and hear them and be able to truly listen to them and when somebody's heard when somebody's recognized when somebody's seen it's 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 what i was exactly talking about that's that's the definition of agape so when we choose to block it off, unfollow, delete, block, don't go there, don't go to a place where they're going to be speaking this way or believing these things or anything like that, we miss the chance for God to show up and for him to um, bring about a change in somebody's life and to transform people. Um, and listening, it de-weaponizes the enemy when we learn that the other person is a lot like us that's exactly what happened on that Christmas Eve night in World War one and the sad thing is is what happened to those soldiers on the battlefield I would love to say that they all just went home back home to their families but they didn't Um, the higher-ups came in and they said if you don't use your machine guns tonight, this was the German part on the British, you're all going to get like you know executed or yes, taken out. And so they called the Germans after the, the higher ups left. They told them, "Hey, we're going to shoot this level, so ba- get down." And so they shot and nobody was killed, nobody was maimed. But then the British side, the British higher-ups came, and they were like, if we see anybody fraternizing with the enemy, you will be executed. And they um, ordered for bombs and mortars and machine guns to be used, and they were used, and they were both used on both sides, and the battle went back to exactly where it was. And I would love to even think about what if those men decided to not have the fear of man but the fear of God on that battlefield and to stand up and to say no those are my brothers those are people that I connected with and we're going home or you're going to have to execute all of us and who like what are you going to do then like what if those soldiers could have had the fear of God more inside of them than the fear of man what would have changed in the world in World War I we probably wouldn't have had World War II we probably wouldn't have had a lot of the things that happened all from that. Hitler rose to power because he hated what happened in World War I. So, ladies, I, like, one of my hardest struggles is like the whole fear of man thing. And God has been working on my heart. And this is the thing. is Self-reflection is really like the trendy thing to say like i'm going to self-reflect i'm going to let you know inspect my heart i'm going to you know write in my journal about how i'm feeling and all those things which are good i'm not saying to not do that but what if we said god i want you to inspect my heart i want you to look into the dark darkness that maybe resides in certain places that i've shut off or closed off and i want you to bring them out to light because everybody knows that dark Gross things, fungus, all kinds of stuff grows in dark places, right? But when you actually show light on it, stuff dies. Stuff gets open. I guess COVID, if you like bring it on the sunlight, it dies or something. I don't know. I've heard that a few times too. But like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. sorry. But what if we were to let God inspect our hearts? And maybe the offense that we've been holding on to, the unforgiveness that we've been holding on to, prejudices that we've been holding on to towards other people. What if we let God bring those to light and um, we were able to actually walk in agape and see the miracles, see the transformations and see people that maybe you thought were so far gone, there's absolutely no irredeemable, irredeemable attribute in them could actually come to know Jesus and to to follow after him. So Shelby is going to start a song. Shelves, if you don't mind. Sorry, I didn't give you much warning. And I wanna let this play. And if you, I'm gonna come back up so you can't leave. And um, <laughs> if you need to spread out, if you wanna like go lay out and just listen to the lyrics, listen to the best part for me is the bridge. And, um, in the Bible, it says that our hearts are, well, Jesus uses the parable, and it's the parable of the, like the soils, and there's different hearts. So there's the soil that's the rock, the rocky hard soil, there's the soil that has the, um, the weeds or the thorns growing up in it, or the shallow soil, and then there's the deep, rich, fertile soil. And God is the tender of, those gar- of that garden, of that soil. And he's going to pull out, he's going to weed out, he's going to prune off what needs to leave in order for him to cultivate and to bring about fruit and to bring about uh, an amazing harvest from those hearts. So we could turn the light, if you guys don't mind turning the lights down too. Listen to this song, and then um, I'll come back up. in All right, my back on. So um, it's between all of you guys and God. And I don't have a nice, pretty little bow on this message tonight besides leave here and like sit with maybe what God's maybe pointed out to you. And let Him continue to speak to you. And I just urge you to listen. And to allow him to keep pointing things out. But also, watch what you're watching. And watch who you're listening to as well. And make sure it's God more than what we're seeing everywhere else. Because he's speaking, guys. And he's moving. And he needs his people to be moving into getting into action as well. We need to be digging into the word. We need to be speaking his word and we need to be talking to people. We need to be listening. Like it's gonna, it's, it's going to go somewhere that if we're not ready for it, if we're not digging into it, guys, like we're gonna get left in the, in the dust and stand. Stand for what you believe in and stand for his word. And, uh, but don't block off people no matter how bad they are. Like continue to love them and continue to let God work his agape through you. So with all of that, I'm gonna pray over you ladies. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, just like a little announcement for next month. I have absolutely no clue what we're doing. So, but please come back. <laughs> Um, we're always, we're going to do third Thursday of every month. Usually we take summers off, but we already had a great break and I'm like, ready to like, let's do this. Let's get together. Um, please like any woman that doesn't even come to our church, like if they don't have women's group happening and you know that, that their church isn't doing that right now, bring them here, get them. Like, it doesn't matter if they stay here or not. Like I, we just love to have people, um, coming and meeting new people and we're the church and the church isn't this little church and this little church and this little church the church is the people and um we need to go out and be the church and we need to uh love people and and get them plugged in somewhere too so with that i'm going to pray over you all and then yeah just thank you so much for coming Father God, just thank you for every individual and original woman that came tonight. She is special, she is is seen, she is valued by you, by the King of Kings, Lord, and you have called her and you have set her apart and you have empowered her, Lord, and you've put your Holy Spirit inside of her to move mountains, to um, divide seas, and to scare away the enemy. He is going to be scared when he sees a woman that is fully walking in the authority and power. That you have put inside of her father and i pray i pray that god when the narrative arises that is not your word god we choose to stand on your word and if that narrative that the world is speaking out isn't lining up with your word father we pray that we take power and we take authority over that god and we let your voice speak louder than anything else in this world, God, and we know that that voice, every, everyone has to bow to that voice, and everybody has to bow to the name of Jesus. And um, we just thank you so much for that, God, and we love you. We thank you for the ladies that came tonight, God, and we just pray that they leave here, um, they leave here with fertile soil, God, and we pray that they are letting you prune, weed, pull out anything that needs to be pulled out, Father but that they trust you and that they love you and they know that you will not shame them, that you will not turn away from them because of anything hidden, Lord, that maybe they deem is not um, acceptable by you. Father, we know that you you always keep your face to us, Lord, and we can just run to you, Papa. And we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for coming.